Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. In this episode, we explore the spiritual dimensions of Type 5. There's a really, really big source of limitless divinity out there, and I think, I think I'm kind of connected to it. Okay, let's go. episode of Heart of the Enneagram, where we explore the spiritual growth of type 5. To help us do this, we are pleased to welcome Lawrence Womack as our guest today. So as we prepare to listen, I want to invite our audience, our listeners, to open all three brains for a greater capacity to take in the information and the complexities that we will hear today. So I encourage you to be grounded in body, open in heart, and curious mind. We invite the inner type five in each of us to listen in. So please join me and take a deep breath. The vice of this type is avarice and the virtue is non-attachment. The enlightened spiritual perspective known as the holy idea is holy omniscience. So let me speak a little bit to that and then we'll have Lawrence flesh this out more. The journey to the divine heart for fives begins by noticing how detaching to observe pulls them back from engaging, preventing them from landing in their experience of the moment. And fear drives this pullback, this detaching, and it's a fear of being depleted by others and being depleted by the world, one of the illusions of this type structure. Detaching is five's pattern of protecting the resources they think needed to maintain privacy and independence. When asleep to self, knowledge replaces emotion as fives quickly engage content but remain unaware of the feeling behind the content and its impact. Up and in feels safe for fives. However, as we all know, playing it safe is a closed-hearted response to life. Non-attachment, the virtue of this personality style, is an open posture, open-hearted and open-handed response to life. No longer gripping resources they fear losing, fives then stay engaged with others, sharing themselves and realizing that this engagement is nourishing, not depleting. In presence, there is no retreat for five, only engagement and a belief in the abundance of the moment. From this move through the narrow gate of non-attachment, holy omniscience arises. Now this isn't about information or knowledge, but about wisdom, and it's the wisdom that comes in relationality the wisdom that arises from honest and open sharing with others. It is a wisdom of the heart. So we want to welcome today the Reverend Lawrence Womack, 
to our show. Lawrence is a spouse, parent, and he serves others as an ordained minister. He currently serves as the rector of St. Augustine's Episcopal Church in Brooklyn, New York. And Lawrence says that he loves to read and enjoy solitude. One of my favorite things that you say, Lawrence, as you describe yourself, time for each of these is always in short supply. Sounds like a five to me. (laughs) Um, Lawrence has training as a scientist and he enjoys, as he says, human created spaces as well as spaces that no human devised um, and experiencing the mysteries of life in all its forms and functions. And he's ever fascinated with the creator beyond the created and how the point of reference joins all of life. And Lawrence, uh, I, I met you, Lawrence, when you were the rector at St. Anne's Episcopal Church in Winston-Salem, and I'm grateful to have uh, got to know you there, and we want to welcome you today to our episode. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be with you. Great. So I want to begin by reading this uh, poem by Dorianne Lowe. Someone spoke to me last night, told me the truth. Just a few words, but I recognized it. I knew I should make myself get up, write it down, but it was late, and I was exhausted from working all day in the garden, moving rocks. Now I remember only the flavor, not like food, sweet or sharp, more like a fine powder, like dust. And I wasn't elated or frightened, but simply wrapped, aware. That's how it is sometimes. God comes to your window, all bright light and black wings, and you're just too tired to open it. So Lawrence, anything from that as I read that that resonates with you as you think about the type five and the patterns that you live in? Well, I I had seen that before and immediately um, responded, oh, that's not me. Um, that's, oh, no, I'm, I'm always uh, fully engaged and, and ready to receive. And then as I um, heard you read it again and have read it uh, again, that that sort of memory like a, like dust, um, that, that idea that something has happened, but you're not entirely sure what, uh, that, that there is a a space that that maybe you didn't completely inhabit or weren't completely aware or were too busy or too tired as as the poem says and um that that kind of if i just had been there a little bit more if i just had paid more attention i, I would have remembered but but i was just i just didn't i, I didn't want to risk it mm. or or i just was uh was too uh too spent from something else and so yeah, it's a very, um, very appropriate, obviously, um, but very, um, very uh, true to kind of the the ebb and flow, at least as you know, I experience for myself this desire to be fully present, but not wanting to enter too fully in, and then as the event is over, the opportunity is is gone. Kind of just having kind of a ghost image of, of of what was there, and it may be being a little sad and or frustrated that that I didn't get it more. Um, so that's kind of what. Thank you. And what what keeps you from getting it more? What keeps you from uh, staying with it? You used the word earlier. Um, I don't want to risk it. 
What what keeps you from risking that fully being there? Well, it's the it's the it's the the concern, the fear um, that uh, of of basically inadequacy, and not so much in not being able to do what needs to be done, but that there won't be enough left, or I won't be prepared. If I do use too much in one situation, I won't be prepared for the next situation. You're speaking a little bit to the rationing aspect of Type mm-hmm. Five, mm-hmm. and yes. this abundance versus scarcity. And I I wonder, Lawrence, what would a theology of abundance, um, how would that shift you? A theology of abundance, what what does that mean to you? Well, that that really means, you know, that there is enough, um, that, that I'm not, that I don't have to be worried, that I won't have enough uh, of whatever you know, of whatever it is, whether it's energy or ability or creativity or whatever whatever the case is, that there will be enough uh, to do what needs to be done. And uh, the, but the question always is, at least at least for me, when I'm in those kind of um, kind of negative five spaces, I guess, mm-hmm. um, is that okay? But but do I really know what's needed? And maybe there's something else that's coming along the along uh, later on that I don't know. So I might better make sure that I've got at least a little bit in reserve for when that thing that may or may not happen happens on down the line. Uh, but you know, but being that that going back to the whole risk thing that you know that it, it's okay to risk not having enough because. You know, on some level, you, I could never amass enough, or at least to satisfy my, my own fear mm. of enough. And so I have to trust, and it's kind of falling further in, going deeper, and more and more present, that the realization comes that, oh, well, I guess there is actually more than I need. Not just enough, but but more than enough abundance. Mm -hmm. But even that is scary. I have to be honest. Even that, I I can I can work myself relatively easy into enough. But beyond (laughs) Uh enough, oh my! Beyond enough, oh that's that's kind of that's not that's not good, is it? More than enough. (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's it. But it's it. You know, it's it. I. As Chris, you're chuckling. I, I chuckle oftentimes when I can step out of of my usual round <laughs> and say, you know, that's really kind of crazy. Why are you scared of abundance? Uh-huh. Um, but in any case. What, what would it cost you mm-hmm. to believe in abundance? More than enough. Uh, I don't know if it's so much that it, if, if, I'm, if it was a concern about the cost. I think more... Um, when I get in those fearful places, it's it's a question of being of making 
a mistake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess, I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's the cost of, of potentially, you know, of making a mistake, of miscalculating, of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden being out there and looking around and say, oh, well, how'd I get here? Um, and what do I do now? Um, and, and like I said, that's, that's in those spaces when I get, uh, when I'm kind of in really, kind of closed in and really feeling, you know, a lot of negative energy and, and the like. And um, But interestingly enough, when I do risk or let go or um, enter fully in, there is that realization that, oh, wow, I didn't have to be concerned about mm. my enough. Mm, oh, yeah. wow, look at this. Uh, this is pretty... I didn't think this was going to happen, but look, I, you know, and and the control piece maybe is is that that's probably getting back around to your your questions. It's probably the control relinquishing of control mm-hmm. um, that uh, that is probably really at the heart of it. For well, me. You, you just Lawrence described beautifully the virtue non attachment for five. Yeah, is there a story, Lawrence, as you as you said that when moments that you've entered in, and then realize, oh, wow, I I have everything. I'm I got enough energy. Is this, is there a story that comes to mind uh, that illustrates that for you? Uh, there's actually a whole lot of them, to be honest. I can give I can give a general like, for instance, in a day, you know, in in the role of of that I that I play in in the worship community where I am, you know. I can be in the midst of something and I'm trying to get whatever it is done. It, it could be a project, it could be whatever it is. And someone comes and they have that look and I know the look is they really need to talk. Mm-hmm. And immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, I really can't do this now. I've got all of this that's really consuming my, my heart, my mind, my attention. I really need to focus on this. I don't have enough mm-hmm. time or energy to deal with whatever this person is bringing. And inevitably, I can think of no time when this has not been a case to this point. I I say, okay, let's talk. Hmm. And as they begin to talk, I kind of fall in to not, you know, not getting caught in in the the force of what's happening, but just fall into the reality of that there's a sacred space that's being created. And all that I was worried about, that I needed to get done by X, Y, and Z, doesn't go away. But there is, time almost expands. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's kind of strange to, you know, but mm-hmm. time and energy become less of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just the present. And in that, even as as difficult of a situation as it might be, something happens, some words, even some silence that creates enough space for that person to take a free breath. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the time, to at least, I mean, you know, there probably are no, no patent answers or anything like that, but there's just been the space created where something has opened up. But 
my kind of default was to kick in and say I have either I don't have time or I don't have expertise or I don't have the energy or I don't have, don't 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 right. and then just being present all of that kind of comes mm. um, and I mean because I have I've there have been those conversations where my brain is telling me that logically you have nothing to offer mm. at all whatsoever so you should just stop it now and say, um, I, I need, you know, I can't help. Um, I'll find somebody that can. Mm-hmm. But but when I don't stop and just kind of let the conversation continue, let the space continue to open, that there is more there. there or there's what is needed is there, I guess. thinking okay well you know I can't give any more you know all of this is going on kind of in the back of my head but then there's this reality that is present right in front of me that I'm like but you know I hear this this you know refrain praying being sung in the back of my head about you know don't risk too much don't give too much you don't have enough da 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 but then there's all of this in front of me, in the you know, right in my sight, uh, and all around. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna trust mm-hmm. again. And yeah, beautiful. Wow, that's really beautiful, Lawrence. You really just brought us to uh, holy ground right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. The um, the I have two questions that may be related. One is, um, as you just described that, Lawrence. My a thought that came to me was. What helps you um, when the back of your mind, you hear that thing in the back of your mind saying, you don't have enough energy, you don't, I don't have enough whatever, and yet you stay, you, you, I love the image you said, I fall in, <laughs> right? I, I move in or I stay present too. So part of my question is what helps you do that? And then relatedly, and maybe these are the same question, what are the practices? What are the spiritual practices that help you grow, that help you stay present? and to people and to yourself well I mean some of it is is you know being resisting the temptation to create um, barriers for interaction so for instance um, uh, and this isn't quite a spiritual practice so much as it is that kind of practical um, you know, not allowing, I guess, I mean, it's probably st- too strong of a term, but um, reiterating to the people around me that I am available, mm. not in a, you know, a boundary, boundary-less way, coupled with that being really um, pretty, uh, pretty dedicated and, and intentional about creating time taking time whatever uh, fits so that I am just quiet Mm. Um, and quiet and and my understanding of quiet or at least the way it happens for me has changed a whole bunch (laughs) Um, and it's not you know the idea of having a silent room and space where I sit and 
meditate, you know, in the kind of traditional sense. Mm-hmm. But it's that sort of attitude of of stillness. For me, it's centered in you know the Episcopal Anglican tradition of the daily office, mm-hmm. and, and there's a there's a comfort in that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so within that rhythm, there's a stillness, even if there's action. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if it's, you know, reciting a particular psalm or or one of the creeds or reading a particular portion of scripture, within that, um, I, I, it, it's hard to explain, but when I engage in that every day, even though I don't think I ever have enough time to do it adequately, <laughs> there is... There is that. I know. I know. I'm, I, I can't get out of it. I hear it. One, I hear one it. of these days, one of these days, we're going to talk, and you're like, "What? Are you okay? I, I don't. Hear, I don't hear you talking about what you don't have." But anyway, um, but with, within the rhythm of that, there there's this this stillness that is replenishing, and um, and I can take the you know fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes, um, depending on on the day. And be like, oh wow! There's a really, really big source of limitless divinity out there, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think I'm kind of connected to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. Um, you know, and it's just you know, and and I, and I used to think that I really had to do it in a you know be present in a particular way. You know, I always kind of had this fantasy of, you know, I would I would create this this you know this space or have this space to go to, and I would be there, you know, at X time for Y time, you know, every day of the week, and that's how it would look, and that's how I would be connected, and that's how I would be replenished and stay centered and all that, and, and I got frustrated for years mm-hmm. with that's not real, not even close to reality, and then with kind of within, I had a. There was a there was a young lady that was teaching Tai Chi at St. Anne's, and she came, and I was like, oh, Tai Chi, I'd love to do this, but I'm probably not going to have time, but I want to make sure that the space is, is, is right for you all to practice. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was worried because, okay, the way the space was set up, sometimes people might come in, and I was fretting about it, and I would go back and I would say, I'm sorry, you know, I know things are kind of busy, but maybe we should move another space, and she stopped me. And she said, um... For me, the practice of Tai Chi is to be present even as things are going on around you, even in the midst of all the things that are happening in our lives, to be centered enough to concentrate on what needs to be done so it's okay. Mm. And I stopped and I said, Mm. All right. of all that's happening there can that space can be um and part of it's the intention but part of it is finding a rhythm that that works um that that is present as another mentor of mine said you know where figuring out how god speaks to you um you know how how is it that you hear god the best um and then when you kind of figure out that rhythm um, you know, then 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 things expand, mm-hmm. and there are openings there that you didn't think you had or were even possible. Um, Beautiful. Thank you yeah. for that, Lawrence.
You know, Chris and I often ask the question on these um, growth podcasts, where would you say, given this point in your life and your ministry, is your greatest invitation to grow spiritually? Or you perhaps may have just named that, but I wanted to offer this question. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really just that, that, that trust. Um, mm. Trusting that it, it that the all all of the times that the realization has um, been you know presented or revealed that there is enough and more than enough that that wasn't just an anomaly mm. that didn't just get lucky mm-hmm. um, you know that the stars weren't aligned and the planets were rotating at the right frequency <laughs> it's just that moment that it worked that that's reality right. um, and and just trusting that um you know a little more so that i don't spend as much time and energy worrying about what what and how and when and is this the right time or do i have enough or have i planned enough do i have enough information have i studied enough researched enough talked to enough people you know all of that sort of mm-hmm. stuff but you know trusting the fact of of the great abundance that is available um, and that really all all of us have the opportunity and the ability to tap into um, yeah so you. you know and staying connected to people that that remind me of that because there are plenty of people that'll help me remember that there isn't enough and everything's scarce and all of that but right. but those the people that that can stop me and say hey but wait a minute <laughs> don't you remember when or you know, remind me of, of certain things that, that it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I need to be reminded. We very much appreciate you being um, a part of this conversation and illuminating in a very profound and sacred way uh, the growth of, of Type 5. I add my gratitude to Chris's Lawrence. Thanks for uh, making time to speak to us about you know, your transformational process mm-hmm. from scarcity to abundance, really. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real gift uh, for for all that are involved and mm-hmm. are able to, to access it. So. Well, thanks. So we want to close with um, <clears throat> this prayer. So I invite you into a posture of prayer as we offer this for for you and for all of us, all the, the type five and all of us and the type five, uh, those who leave a type five who are listening. Abundant and limitless source, thank you for giving me an inquiring mind and the gift of discernment. Help me to reach out more to people and to trust that by being present with others and myself, I will receive far more life and energy than I can imagine. Give me the generosity to share my insights with those I meet and the courage to offer them my heart. Amen. So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Sandra. And I'm Chris. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, 
and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.